Hi there, and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience. I'm your host, Beth and Vincent, and in each episode, we explore a different aspect of resilience, whether that's emotional resilience, mental, physical, all of it. And I normally do this through having a guest on the show and we'll chat about a particular experience or piece of knowledge that they have and generally just, yeah, they'll feel back on the subject and we'll get some really awesome tips and techniques for dealing with various things. Now this week is slightly different. Occasionally I like to do things solo because I've either had an experience that I'm really interested in sharing with you all or I didn't get around to scheduling an interviewee. But fortunately this week is the former rather than the latter. So I'm actually sat right now in my sweaty gym gear just to give you a bit of a picture. I don't look very good, I look a bit kind of tired, red in the face, I've got a hair mask on, I've got a face mask on, I've just painted my nails and I'm generally having a bit of decompression time. And this is because last week I did something extremely terrifying, for me anyway, and I spoke in front of an audience of 1400 people at the Lead Developer Conference in London, which is a conference for tech leads. So in the room there were engineering managers, CTOs, um, team leads, tech leads, lots of really interesting and highly skilled, highly knowledgeable people and I was there on stage to deliver a 10 minute presentation in front of them. And before I went on, I'm normally reasonably good with public speaking and a lot of my speaking experience has come from delivering talks to small groups of people, you know, kind of in the 30 mark. And before I went on, I seriously almost vomited. I was sitting on the side of the stage before I was called up. I was fidgeting a lot, so it was probably really annoying for the people around me, so I apologise for that. And um, I started getting this feeling in the back of my throat, like I was genuinely going to hurl. And I I do get that a bit before I give talks, but this time it was like, shit, I'm actually going to hurl. So I had to kind of really take a, some deep breaths, really kind of push on through it. And I was also getting these visions that I would go up on stage and forget my talk, even though I'd rehearsed it. I knew what I was talking about. So yeah, it was an interesting time and that afterwards kind of I came off off stage and I felt good. I felt like I'd done a good job, but it really took something out of me. I was exhausted at the end of it, which is why I'm having a bit of a relaxing weekend at the moment. But yeah, public speaking, that's the topic of this week's episode. And for a lot of people, it is one of the most terrifying things they can do. Yet it's actually a really important part, I believe, of being successful in the workplace and also kind of being successful in life I think it's a really important skill and I think it's something that you can develop whether you're an introvert whether you're an extrovert whether you love it you're terrified of it it is something you can develop and develop on your own terms so to talk you through my process and I've actually written a blog post on this um, for first-time speakers. It's a collection of hints, tips and tricks. And you can find that over on my blog, bethandvincent.com. But really my process is when I know I'm going to do some public speaking, I generally like to know beforehand. No one likes being kind of thrown in the ring. There was actually a speaker at the lead developer who had 24 hours notice to deliver her talk and she absolutely smashed it. And I was just there thinking, oh my gosh, this is the bravest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) And I would have not been able to done it. 
So props to her for getting up on stage. But generally, you want a bit of forewarning. And some people say that means you can get yourself really worked up and really get stressed about it. But actually, I think it gives you time to prepare yourself mentally and physically as well. And the physical part I'll come on to. So generally, what I like to do before a talk is um, plan out my content, obviously. And I do this through, and I'm actually looking at it right now because I'm sat in my office so I can see it. I plan out, so generally when I give talks, it's normally accompanied by slides. So I like to plan out each slide and each slide is almost, um, it's almost kind of a section. It's its own self-contained topic and it gives me a kind of a bit of structure to the talk. So I normally, for 10 minutes, I normally say about a slide a minute, I think is reasonable. If you're showing pictures or anything like technical diagrams, you can include a bit more in there. But generally a slide per minute is my rule of thumb. So I'll lay out all my slides and I'll just, I'll literally give myself an hour just to come up with anything and everything. And I'll write all my thoughts on these post-it notes and I'll end up with way more than 10, way more. And then what I'll do is almost kind of refine those down or combine them. So it's a bit of a card sort activity. Um, If you're not kind of from the tech, the product, user research world, that essentially means you're getting a load of stuff down on various separate cards. In this case, sticky notes, post-its, and you're looking for the correlation between them. So there might be some themes that emerge. There might be some structure that emerges. I generally like to give talks that have a bit of a kind of beginning, middle and end. It's the narrative structure that we're all used to and we enjoy. So, you know, start off with setting the scene, introducing the characters. Then normally there's kind of the big turmoil or, or the big action point and then the resolution at the end. So once I've kind of brain dumped all my thoughts down on paper, I generally basically take a step back and I won't do the card sort immediately. I'll almost kind of give myself some time to go away and just reflect on it. And this can be true, whether you're giving a three minute talk, three minute presentation at work or an hour long speech and you're a university lecturer, although you probably don't need any points from me if you're a university lecturer. But just give your time to kind of yourself time to reflect, move back, have a think, have a think about the content. Then I normally come back to those post-its and I'll sort them into those various areas. And when I've done that, a sort of structure will emerge. And what I do, and I don't know if this is common, and I'd be really interested if you do this and you can tweet me at Beth and Vincent or at The Brave Listen if this applies to you. But I, I talk through my talk. I start off delivering my talk as if I'm doing it there and then just with this vague structure and I actually record this and what I find is that um, generally after four or five times I settle into a structure that feels really natural to me and I write down that afterwards so I don't start off with writing out every single word I'll just like talk to a blank wall (laughs) or a blank audience and just see what feels natural Because what I found watching a lot of speakers, and I'm an avid kind of conference goer, TED talk watcher, I love watching people talk, I think it's a really engaging medium. And what I've noticed, and again, feel free to disagree with me, is that the speakers who have lots of notes with them, and they obviously have a really solid set of things that they want to say, you know, they've got sentences, they really want to get in there, 
all the structures really tight and well formed, they're the ones who generally trip up a bit more. And this is what I found in my own experience myself is that if I have a really tight structure, I generally forget halfway through because I'm nervous, I'm on stage, I'm under pressure and I forget where I am, especially if I'm reading off notes in my hand and it will trip me up essentially. And I'll I'll have that moment where I say something wrong and then I'm thinking, oh my God, I've said that wrong. And then I'm trying to kind of scramble around in my brain to try and find the right thing. So that's why I generally like to have a really loose natural structure that I've kind of almost come to through a bit of practice without any structure, if that makes any sense at all. So yeah, once I've done that and I've kind of got this loose, vague structure, I'll write it down. And I only write it down so that if I have to go away and come back to it after a long period of time, I'm not starting from scratch again. And I probably won't refer to that writing again unless I'm using that to prepare the slides from. And when it comes to slides, one thing I will say, and this is from being an attendee at a lot of events, less is more. And when you see my lead developer presentation, if you watch it, it will be available, I believe, on YouTube or video format at theleaddeveloper.com, london.com. You'll notice that I do have a lot of words on some of the slides, and sometimes it is inevitable. it's going to happen. But generally, just try and keep things really clean and really simple. And that also helps you keep your talk very clean and very simple. If you go in with, you're trying to cram so much into a short amount of time or more content than you've got time for, you will get flustered. You will get a bit kind of, yeah, you'll get a bit panicked and it won't feel as good. So this kind of pre-preparation, I think, is really important in setting the scene for your talk. And what I'll say about practising your talk as well, presentation, whatever you're giving in whatever context, is practice, but not too much. Again, what I found, if if I over-practice, I generally get very kind of tied to, tied to certain sentences I want to say, or almost kind of work myself up a little bit more, and I start going wrong a bit more, and then that freaks me out, and I get into that cycle of, I'm getting stressed, I'm getting panicked, and I'm not doing it right, so... Generally, um, depending on how kind of large the event is, for for stuff at work, I I do a bit of practice and then I kind of feel prepared enough. And that's quite nice when you've got a room full of people, which I hope you do at work, that are generally on your side, want you to succeed. So you don't have to prepare as much because you know you've got a lot of psychological safety coming into that room. But if it's a larger audience, I will prepare a bit more. And yeah... Once you've kind of prepared, I generally stop practicing 48 hours before the event. And that's just because I don't want to panic myself by going really wrong. <laughs> and it, I think, again, if if you... It's like, I, I wonder if this happens if you're a kind of t- tennis player or anything like that. Like, I know they have to warm up and they have to practice a bit before. But you don't want to play a full game in case that goes badly. Because that's going to put you in a really kind of bad mindset for going into the tennis game. And I was reading something really interesting that tennis isn't necessarily about who's the strongest, who's the fastest. It's who's got the most kind of psychological resilience, who comes in with the best mindset generally wins or it's a big deciding factor anyway. So, yeah, make sure you've got yourself in the best psychological format. So in that 48 hour period before, especially if you're really nervous about it, I advise 
doing something relaxing. So before the lead developer on the Sunday, so it was on the Tuesday and on the Sunday, I went out for a meal with my partner. I tried to forget about it. I just tried to relax and really, yeah, just keep chill. And it worked. It worked. I went into the Monday feeling pretty good. So I traveled down to London on the Monday and I made sure I had certain things to distract me. So I had some work stuff going on that I could distract myself with because you don't want to spend all your time ruminating on it as well. You want to kind of just you always have to accept that it's happening and there's not much you can do about it at this point. So before you go into the talk, you normally get a bit more nervous, you know, in the hour, maybe the day before, maybe the morning before afternoon. That's when I find personally my nerves start to really ramp up and I start getting those bad thoughts which is generally I'm going to be sick on stage I'm going to say something really stupid. When I was a child, I had this massive fear that I was going to swear. And say, and like, you know, that it would just come out my mouth and I'd have no control and I'd say a really terrible sentence or something. But you've just got to remind yourself, you are in control. You you know what you're doing, you know what you're going to say. And just really try and not rev up your engine too much, rev up your anxiety. And for me, that's distracting myself. And also, what I like to do is I like to, imagine what it's going to feel like you know in the 10 minutes 20 minutes half an hour after the talk where you're going to feel that sense of elation that sense of success success and achievement and I really try and focus on that end goal which is coming off stage feeling like I've done a really good job and people have enjoyed it and got something out of it so I almost like forget about the middle bit don't want to think about that I want to think about the end and it's this kind of like visualisation and I think they call it manifestation. You know, you're, you're thinking about the goal you want to get to. But that I tend to find really kind of centres me a little bit and I, I focus on that feeling. Another thing I do as well is um, I try and listen to some music or especially something that I know is... a basically a song that has got relaxing connotations for me so I'll try and listen to something that just calms me down chills me out again distracts me a little bit I'll do this about half an hour before it's what I did at the lead developer I did it just before my slot and that really helped just kind of bring your heart rate down bring your blood pressure down and I actually got a tip from twitter from um Nathan who's a solicitor at Ward Hadaway in Leeds and I really hope I've got that right because <laughs> I haven't got my screen in front of me and it's just gone blank so <laughs> sorry Nathan I know you're called Nathan um and Nathan suggested that one of the things you can do is ask about well think about one of the most what are the most difficult questions you're going to be asked what's the hardest thing someone's going to say beforehand and I totally agree with this and actually the week before I gave my lead dev talk I had my colleague Rob at work and I sat him down and I said, can I give you my talk and can you just rip it to shreds, essentially? And what he did was really useful is he said, "Okay, these are some questions I think people are going to ask. And he did ask the kind of toughies and that gave me a chance to respond to them, think about how I was going to respond to them. It also... Um, he brought up some holes in my talk where I maybe hadn't explained things properly or I was leaving myself open to a bit of kind of questioning. And that was good because I, I 
it gave me the knowledge of whether I had to shift my talk a bit to kind of close those gaps or just accept that people were probably going to ask those things and be prepared to answer them. So I think that's a really great tip. And yeah, in in the kind of like 10 minutes before you go up on stage, and this is when I was feeling, God, I was feeling terrible. I was fidgeting. I'm sure I was annoying everyone around me. I was starting to feel sick and get that really knotty stomach feeling. I just try to breathe. So practice, you know, some slow breathing, which lowers your heart rate. Just generally, it gives the signals to your body that it should be relaxed, even if your mind's kind of going into overdrive. And I focused on that feeling of delivering an amazing talk and how that would feel afterwards. So coming down on stage and I also promised myself a glass of wine (laughs) as a kind of like, if you do this, I will reward you. And I think that, you know, giving yourself little rewards after is a really nice way of kind of um, putting yourself in a good psychological frame of I'm doing this, but I know it's hard, but I'm going to get something at the end. So, yeah, as you walk up on stage, um, whether you're doing this in a meeting room and you're just walking to the front of the room, or you're doing it actually on a stage in front of audience members, just try and continue that breathing. Keep yourself really calm. And for me, this is when I get up on stage, I start to shake. I start to get the kind of, you know, the hands start to go. My voice starts to go. I get a bit kind of, yeah, get a bit flighty. I think it's my kind of fight or flight response kicking in there. And one thing I will say is um, just try and practice the pose you want to have on stage. I know that sounds really weird, but just practice how you want to stand, how you want to be seen. And for me, it's, you know, standing upright, good posture, good presence. And it just means that if you practice it, your brain can automatically kind of flip into it. It doesn't have to think. And you're kind of prepared. You're like, this is how I want to stand And also um, you could do that whole thing with power poses if you've seen that TED talk. So it's essentially if you do really make yourself really big. So put your arms out, stand really tall. It makes you feel more confident. It makes you kind of project yourself better and get in that better mind frame. So you can do that before you go on stage as well. I didn't really want to do that at the side of the stage at the lead dev because I think everyone could have seen me. And it might have looked a bit weird. But yeah, once you get on stage, just breathe. And I think as you deliver the talk, especially if you're on a really tight time schedule, so we had a big clock that was like 10 minutes and it was kind of a do not go over if you can help it, but 10 minutes, is pace yourself. Even if you've got the time pressure, it's really important. So kind of ignore the clock, but also keep your eye on the clock. And also what you can prepare beforehand is you can say, is there any, are there any sections of my talk that if I'm doing really badly on time, I know I can just remove. And I had a little kind of like a a minute that I could take out if I went over and it just gives you that flexibility. And again, you're just prepared. You've got that preparedness going in. So yeah, just breathe, go slowly. What I try and do (laughs) and this may be good, this may be bad, is I take off my glasses and I'm quite short-sighted and long-sighted actually, but I don't wear my glasses so I can't see the audience's faces and they're kind of very blurry the further back I go, but I, I make sure I try and look at the back of the room and even if I can't see people's faces, it kind of, it means you're projecting your voice if you don't have any audio amplification and it also means you kind of you're, you naturally stand a bit more upright. You have a bit more presence if you're doing that. 
also don't be afraid of having a sip of water if you find your voice is going a bit croaky it's getting a bit shaky use that as a natural pause just to kind of regain your composure just take a deep breath the audience don't mind I think that's the thing when you when you're up on stage these kind of pauses especially if you forget a line or you kind of have a moment of confusion they feel like forever for you but actually to everyone in the audience they they don't notice because it just it feels natural you know taking short pauses in conversation it feels okay it feels part of normal speech so don't be too afraid of that and the other thing I'd say is if you mess up the audience don't know what you were meant to say you know, unless you've shared around your kind of notes and your talk in its entirety, the audience don't really know exactly what they're going to hear. So if you miss something out, they're none the wiser. You know, if you can deliver things in an engaging, informative way, they're not going to mind if you miss out a sentence because they literally won't know. And my advice is try and be as engaging and as animated as possible. Maybe not too much. I mean, I think I wave my hands around a little bit too much. You can be the judge of that, though. But try and give yourself some natural movement. Try and walk around a little bit, depending on the microphone and how much kind of movement you've got there. But try and really be the kind of speaker you want to see, which is engaging, excited. I try and smile a lot because I think if I force a smile, I seem happy to be there. I mean, I am happy to be there. I'm just a bit stressed in the moment but also I think it naturally makes you just seem more engaging as well so try and have that smile don't force it too much if you really can't you can't and that at the end of the day is the thing is everyone has their own style of giving talks the way I talk to an audience won't be the way you talk to an audience and if you're an introvert you may see people who are very extroverted giving these talks who are very animated but if that's not you it's not you don't try and force it. Just really be yourself when you're up there. Because that's what people are coming to see. They're not coming to see anyone else but you. Because you're there. So yeah, after you've given the talk, um, you want to run off the stage as quickly as possible. <laughs> well, you do if you meet anyway. And I, I think the aftercare part is just as important as the kind of preparedness being on stage doing a good job. You know, you've got to give yourself a moment to breathe. Honestly, I came off the lead developer and I was literally sweating like I'd been in the gym for an hour. It was gross. It was disgusting. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, why? I've just been standing up on stage. The lights weren't even that hot or bright. But your body is under extreme amount of, of stress when you're doing something like this because you are anxious. And your adrenaline will have been rushing around and you will get that post-adrenaline kind of come down. And you've got to prepare for that. So maybe have a, a sugary drink or something or a snack just so you can go and keep your blood sugar levels up there. And also just be kind to yourself. So what I did was um, I really wanted to see the next batch of talks, but I, I was so sweaty. I couldn't like I've just felt awful, actually, because I've just felt gross. <laughs> So I went back to my hotel and I had a shower and I just took 20 minutes for myself, just come down. And um, that was actually after we had a um, speaker Q&A kind of, uh, it wasn't a session, it was in a room. So that was quite nice. So people could come into the room and have a Q&A with you. So I did that and then I went back to the hotel and just chilled because it takes a lot out of you that that's what people who haven't done public speaking don't get or what I should say is everyone will have done public speaking but people who find it really easy might not get 
is that for some people it, it really is difficult. So if you've given a really big work presentation, say, and you found that very stressful, give yourself, clear your calendar for half an hour afterwards if you can, or even five minutes just to go outside, take some deep breaths, be away from people. Just be kind to yourself. That's all I will say. And yeah, so those are my tips for public speaking and kind of being an effective public speaker, but also making sure that you are resilient, that you are managing your anxiety and your stress, and you're also being kind to yourself. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I really, um, I like doing these single person ones. I think they're quite interesting and I can have a stream of consciousness But I do really enjoy talking to other people and interviewing them as well. So, on that note, if you have an interesting story to tell about resilience, you've overcome something large or small. It can be, you know, life-changing or just on the kind of more day-to-day general level. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always looking for guests to come on the show. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be, you know, known in your industry. You can just be like anyone a normal person and I'd love to hear from you so you can catch me on bethan at bethanvincent.com or you could uh, dm me on twitter at bethanvincent or at the brave listen you can also go to bethanvincent.com and that's got some more details about the podcast on there there's a tab called the brave if you want to find out a bit more about actually what the process looks like and how it all works and yeah I'd be really grateful if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the other episodes if you could I was almost saying like this podcast like we're on YouTube no um if you could leave a star rating that just lets me know you're enjoying it and a review as well because of um the algorithm it also will ensure that more people will see the podcast and get to know about it as well so that would be amazing thank you so much for listening and I will see you in the next episode